Do not be afraid any longer, little flock. For your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. I was recently listening to an interview with John Eldridge. For those of you that haven't heard that name before, he's a really popular Christian author. About 20 years ago, he wrote this fantastic book called Wild at Heart. And it was talking about a rediscovery of what it means to be a man, a rediscovery of authentic masculinity. Highly recommend the book in general, especially for the men here present, that we can continue to grow more and more in our masculinity. This is a man of great prayer, and as I listen to interviews with a lot of different people, I can tell, generally speaking, who are people of deep prayer, and he is one of them. And I was especially interested in his pulse on society, especially coming out of the pandemic and with these 20 years of intensive ministry that he's done, not only with men, but families. And he just gets a broad scope of a lot of things that are going on. And the way he put it was this, he gave words, he gave words to what I had already been perceiving, especially in the midst of the pandemic, which we're kind of coming out of, I guess, we experience societal, relational, and personal trauma. The pandemic was a traumatic time. And that trauma will be especially felt in our children, those that were at very vulnerable, formative ages, when the pandemic happened, when everything was shut down, when they were taken out of school, when they were basically in isolation from their peers and from other people, we have experienced great trauma. I'm gonna go ahead and list off some of the symptoms that he said are symptoms of trauma. And some of you might be saying, well, (laughs) I had this well, I had those well before the pandemic, but the pandemic didn't help anything, right? So a general fatigue, We're just disproportionately tired. We just call it earlier, earlier in the night. We have short-term memory loss. We are forgetting kind of basic things that we would have remembered before. We just naturally have a really short fuse. When anyone crosses us in a little way, we just blow up, right? We're just this ticking time bomb waiting to be touched, and then we just blow up at each other. There's just this sense of not wanting to really be in relationship with other people. We're actually more relieved that things are canceled that would have involved us being social, even with people that we care about. We just kind of want to seclude ourselves. These are just a few of the symptoms of trauma, again, that can be symptoms of other things as well, but those are a few of them. The pandemic just threw fuel on the fire, right? And all of these things became worse. Well, here is the bad news. The devil has a pretty clear plan. Thankfully, it's a pretty obvious and consistent plan. But very often we find ourselves victim to that plan. So I want to go ahead and illustrate that plan so that we understand what's going on if we're feeling like we're on one of these points of that plan of the evil one. The first plan of the enemy is to, when something difficult or hard happens, not when, not if, when something hard and difficult happens, he sows a little seed of doubt. He starts sowing the doubt 
if God was really real, he wouldn't have allowed such a thing to happen. If you were loved, then this wouldn't be happening to you, and this person wouldn't have done this to you. Just that little bit of doubt. But this kind of accumulates, and we have these more, more doubts, more of these lies being whispered in our ear, and this leads us to a sense of discouragement. Gosh, I, I'm just feeling really down. And this escalates into a, a mild kind of depression. It's getting harder to get out of bed in the morning, and we just want to withdraw more and more. And it's harder and harder for us to see the joy and the good things in life. And then finally, he deepens that depression to the point of despair. There is no hope. There's no point. My life has no purpose. There's no, there's no point in even getting up out of bed today because there's, this isn't going anywhere. Does this sound familiar to anyone? Have you experienced any of these parts of the evil one's plan? Something bad happens. He sows doubt. It leads to discouragement, which leads to depression, which leads to despair. And then despair ultimately leads to what we have in our American society, incredibly high levels of death by hopelessness. Alcoholism, drug overdose, and suicide. We have some of the highest levels in the whole world, though we have all of the material benefits you can possibly want or imagine at our fingertips, not all of us, of course, to the same degree, but the enemy is having a heyday with our American culture. He he capitalizes on the hard things that happen and throws us toward this place of despair and ultimately self-destruction. So why do I say all this? We experienced trauma with the pandemic, And then this Tuesday, when the Value Them Both amendment was overthrown, maybe a lot of us put quite a bit of hope and expectation in this amendment. Okay, finally, we can bring a little sense of justice into some unjust situation that we have in society. Okay, Roe versus Wade was overturned. Now is Kansas's opportunity to show that we're a pro-life state. And lo and behold, Here we are in a situation not unlike New York and California. Who would have thought here in the heart of the country? I hope I'm wrong, but it seems pretty likely this is what's going to happen in the next two years. Because this amendment was was not passed, there is zero protection, there is zero regulation that we can impose on the abortion industry. Right now we have, I think, only two abortion clinics in the whole state, and they're in Overland Park. Because this has been thrown down, many new abortion clinics will be opening in the next couple of years. Topeka, here in Kansas City, especially close to the airport, down in Wichita, especially as Oklahoma and Missouri are increasingly restrictive of abortion, more people will be coming to Kansas for these things. We won't be able to limit any late-term abortions, so we will be capable and we will be performing full-term abortions in this state. We won't have parental consent. As a side note, by the way, none of these laws have been challenged yet because Planned Parenthood knew if they challenged these laws before the value them both amendment, we could say, look at what they're doing. They're trying to take away the reasonable restrictions that we have. But now that it's been turned down, each one of these will be challenged and all of them will be struck down one by one. Parental consent will be cut down. And if you didn't know, Kansas City is one of the highest rated human trafficking cities in the whole country. Because we're in the middle, we have the intersection of the highways, and this was a horrible combination 
when you have abortion, human trafficking happening in the same area. I'm not here to predict doom and gloom alone, but I just want us to know what we're getting into. It's going to get a lot uglier before it gets a lot better. Maybe this is the final straw for us, and we were already kind of getting far into that spectrum of anxiety, depression, and despair, and we're starting to feel even deeper in that. Maybe this vote didn't really matter much at all to us, and that is a thing as well. But maybe there's something else that's happened in your life, the loss of a loved one, an unexpected diagnosis, difficulties in your work, difficulties in your marriage, difficulties with your children and your grandchildren. And again, you had already experienced trauma because of the pandemic, but because of this new thing, the evil one is getting leverage with you. And he's saying, if God was good, if he loved you, this wouldn't be happening to you. This wouldn't be happening to your family and to your state. Give up now. There is no hope. Does this sound familiar to anyone? Am I the only one that hears these kinds of voices? The amazing, great news is that Jesus, though we have these battles in the meantime, Jesus is always victorious in the end. Jesus is always victorious in the end. And he says to us in this gospel, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, little flock. The Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. This is an amazing line from the first reading that we had today. From the book of Wisdom, it's talking about the exodus of the Israelites leaving Egypt. And it says, In secret, the Israelites, the holy children of the good, were offering sacrifice and putting into effect with one accord the divine institution. In secret, they celebrated the Passover meal, praying that they would be delivered from the impending evil that was coming down upon Egypt in the firstborn of all of the households being struck down, which, as we know, was the key moment for Pharaoh to finally let the Israelites go. They celebrated the sacred rite that God had given them, and they were saved. Now is the time... Now is the time to recommit ourselves to Jesus Christ. Outside of him, it is clear there is no hope. And those that have rejected Jesus rightfully come to the conclusion that there is no hope. And they fall into despair and to self-destruction. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time to lean into our relationship with Jesus to go into that secret place of our heart and to engage with him because he's always been speaking. John Eldridge in that interview was talking about this war that we have on our attention. The evil one wants us to be focused on everything except for that small little voice inside of us that is encouraging us, that is giving us hope. We have to re-engage silence if we're going to re-engage our relationship with Jesus. We have to re-engage silence if we're going to re-engage our relationship with Jesus. Here we are celebrating the new Passover meal. As things get increasingly dark, and they will continue to get increasingly dark around us in our society, and especially here in the state of Kansas, Jesus is inviting us to offer it all back to him on the altar, as I said at the beginning of Mass, to offer our joys, our sufferings, our sorrows, our discouragement, whatever it is, wherever we are on the spectrum, offer it all back to Jesus. This is the time of great hurt. 
but I am convicted and convinced this is the time of new healing that the Lord wants to pour out. Will we receive his healing that he wants to pour out? All we have to do is come to him and ask for it. John Eldridge, he had this really beautiful insight and it's hand in hand with our Catholic tradition. He says, something bad happens and it's natural that we feel sorrow. For the value of the both amendment, we should be sad. We should be a little bit angry about that. That's normal. What's not normal is this foreboding cloud that seems to rest on us, that make our life seem hopeless, helpless, discouraging, and depressed. That's not natural. That's not of the Lord. And so as he encouraged, I'm going to encourage us today, and we're going to do it together. We're going to renounce some of those spirits, the spirits of anxiety, fear, and doubt, the spirits of discouragement, depression, and despair. And we're going to send those back down to hell from where they came. Okay, does that sound like a plan? We're going to throw the evil one's plan back in his face. And and we're going to say, no, no, I am not going to play. I'm not a pawn in your game. I am a child of Jesus Christ. He has died for me on the cross by his blood that has been poured into my soul and washed over me. You have no more power over me, Satan. We will not succumb to discouragement. We will not succumb to depression. We will not succumb to despair and hopelessness. So if you would, I would invite you to repeat after me, and we're just gonna renounce these things. And the cool thing is you can do this anytime. And it's important that you say it out loud because the devil can't read your thoughts, but he can definitely read your lips, okay? The, the Lord can read our thoughts because our thoughts belong to him. The devil can't read our thoughts because our thoughts don't belong to him. So let's go ahead and repeat this together. Anxiety, fear, and doubt. Anxiety, fear, and doubt. Discouragement, despair, and depression. Discouragement, despair, depression. I command you to leave me now. In the name of Jesus. Satan, I renounce your pomps and your works. And I recommit myself to Jesus Christ. Darkness be dispelled. Heaviness heaviness be lifted. In the name of Jesus. Spirit of hope, joy, and peace. I welcome you now into my heart. Jesus, I welcome your love that casts out all fear and all anxiety. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen.